Hey everyone, this is Trauma Drama, and we are your hosts, Kaylee and Nick, and this is where we discuss surviving adulthood. We can probably agree that we're all pretty fucked up and that it affects us every day, whether we know it or not. I used to think that wasn't me, but if you come from a family, live in our society, go to school, experience love, sex, and friendships, then you're in the right place. Kay and I are going to break down everyday life and problems that come from managing your drama post-trial. Let's fucking do it. Welcome back, everybody, to Trauma Drama. I'm Kaylee, and that is Nick. I'm super fucking hungover today, and we're going to have a fun episode. <laughs> Nick was just saying, we feel so on today. Yeah, we're on today. Um, <laughs> on today's episode of Trauma Drama, we are going to start off with a sweet and sour, and then our main topic for the day is going to be relationship ending does not equal relationship failing. Mm. Um, we'll kind of just discuss that. We're going to be using some social media clips to kind of go through, so it should be pretty uh, a pretty fun show today. And then we're going to finish with a deep cut and hard truth brought to you by Kaylee. So, yes. Do you want to start it off with your sweet and sours? Yes, I'll do. I'll start with my sweet. Um my mm-hmm. sweet is that my Christmas decorations are up, which is very exciting. Very nice. Um that was one thing I wanted to do on Friday after Thanksgiving was put up the tree, put up all the different decorations. Um, I'm coming like, from a week off of work, right? Yes, and stuff. coming How from do a week off feel? of work. How do you feel? Feel relaxed, rested. I feel. I wish over. I felt a little bit. Yeah, right. I definitely <laughs> feel hungover. I, I wish I felt a little bit more rested. I think that's yeah. also part of my my sour. Is like you know we had a lot of life things kind of hit us in the face this week and mm-hmm. um, managing, you know, supporting and prioritizing. Um, one of my partner's health was like the most important thing this week. And so, um, like it was awesome that I was off work and could like fully do that. But now I'm like, damn, I gotta go back to work tomorrow. I am not ready for that. I need like four more days of just being horizontal, but it was crazy because I was reflecting on that this morning that I was off for a week right before, or I was off for a week during like the second week of November came back to work for a week and then had this week off for fall break. And both of these weeks have that I've been off have not been relaxing. Gotcha, gotcha, I think parts yeah. of them have been, but like other parts have been pretty, pretty gnarly. I would yeah. Say. You've been going and yeah. going. But I wanted to share with you, I don't know if it's necessarily a sour, but I think it's a, it was definitely a hard part of this week was I had probably one of the hardest therapy sessions I have ever had mm, in my whole entire really? life on Wednesday. And I knew you'd be interested in it because um, it did. We did some of the work that you do. Oh, like and what? well, so I went and I talked to Stacy, who's my therapist. Shout out to Stacy. And I said, this week has been really hard. Like, oh, there's been a lot of triggers that have come up for me. I need some help, like managing them. You know, I was like, we're just gonna do light work. No worries, managing mm-hmm. triggers. We know how to do that. Easy, easy peasy. And then we jump into the therapy session. And she's like, so what I think we can do is identify like the actual part that is triggering you and then address it. And I was like, "Mm, no, thanks. I don't know. I don't really think that sounds fun or good. And so basically what, what had happened was like so much of the, the support that I've been giving one of my partners this week triggered a lot of my like caring for my mom's physical ailments, caring for someone, you know, in, in that way. And, I was like, why, why is this triggering me? Like, of course it makes sense. Like I, you know, I had to care for my mom and all of these things. And so we like dove into why that was triggering for me and how I can reframe it. Um, but to, in order to do that, 25 year old me had to have a conversation with 15 year old me. Yeah. Fucked me up. Damn, like, yeah, that's gnarly. Fucked me up and like had to say a lot of the words that I wish, you know, I would have heard when I was that age, like mom survives. Like, yeah. we're okay. Just we end up living. little childhood Kaylee. Holy shit. And it wasn't even childhood me. It was 15-year-old me. Yeah. And it just, it destroyed me. I've, I've never cried that hard. I have never, like, had such a big moment in therapy where, yeah. like, yeah, I'm addressing this trigger, but it comes with so much pain that I can usually just push through. But, you know, she wanted to, like, push yeah. me and get so to the you, root of it. You, like, you moved past the step of managing the trigger and, like, let's yeah. let's analyze the actual mm-hmm. trigger, the initial spark. That's really hard to do. It was really fucking hard. So it's not really a sour, but it was like, it's like a, one of the bigger parts of my week was like 
fuck. Like, I yeah. was really impacted by things that happened this week and am so, like, privileged that I have the ability to access, like, really good mental health resources yeah. and um, come out of it feeling better and no, like, yeah, actually I, feeling like I did it, you know? <clears throat> no, great job. That's amazing work. Thanks. Um, my sweet, I actually have two. Um, so I found a new podcast on TikTok and it, it's just, it's just about movies and TV shows and it's so amazing. up your alley. Yeah. They're analyzing their, they put the whole Marvel universe in order of a rank. So that's the episode I'm listening to right now. It's so good. It's so good. They're awesome. Whoa, I think I would like that. Yeah. They're, it, it's really cool. I was really happy. And then my other sweet is I got to create my virtual classroom this week. Cool. So yeah, in my teacher credential, our assignment this week was to use Google Slides to create our virtual classroom for when we have to go online every once in a while. So I got to add my Bitmoji. I got to like what? add a wall and a floor and a couch and a desk and plants and science like experiments so stuff cool. on the wall. It was really cool, and I like it just like solidified like oh this is this is fun. This is my yeah. area, and I think like analyzing a little bit. I think my King Complex is going to have an awesome time being in charge oh. of like my classroom. These are my rules. This is how I want it to go. So I think, Absolutely. Yeah. And what's cool is like if I want to promote principal, oh, King Complex is still happy. <laughs> and then let's let's change a little bit. Let's be a professor at a community college. Oh. Uh, King Complex is still so I think perfect. I'm the right right avenue. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm so Thank glad. You. And then my sour today is um my 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 other class. I'm in two this week. Mm. And one of them is like real. Like I have to actually study and read what they assign. So Do that was just stuff. A, yeah, yeah. I've been doing school for like the last six months, but they've all been really fun virtual classroom kind of assignments. So it's been yeah. fun. But then this is like, oh my god, I have to learn. I have to like create a curriculum, or is that yeah. what are you doing? Um, I am reading how to teach how to teach a safe and inclusive classroom. So how do we Fuck talk yeah. about how do we talk about racism? How do we cool. talk about religion? Yeah, how do we talk about sex? How do we like talk about or deal with issues that come up with racism? Have so, you asked like, your brilliant wife about that? It sounds like her thesis. Yep, I did. Um, she helped me with <laughs> okay. the homework a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get her to finish it today. I'm like, hey, can you finish my homework? I don't want to do it. Are you offering a trade or it's just something that she needs it to do? It was a trade. Yeah, oh, okay. it was a trade. What was the trade? Uh, she said, oh, I'll... It was in the the works. Like I'll I won't I'll do your homework if we don't have sex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought that it might be about yeah. sex. Because I joked about it. I was like, if you, uh, I'll reward you with you know this fucking dick. Like I was joking, yeah. and she was yeah. like, actually the opposite would be better. And I was yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> actually, I prefer no dick. Thanks. Yeah. I was like, gotcha. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, it. that's it for me. I was going to cool. say one that kind of happened in Thanksgiving, but I want to save it for a, tra- my tra- a trauma or drama for next show. Okay. But yeah, I'm on I the know. edge of my seat. I trust you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Going into our main topic for the day, uh, raci- relationships ending does not equal relationships failing. Yes. So um, I follow this really great account on Instagram, um, Queer Sex Therapy, and one of these days I'd love for us to reach out to them and be like, hey, I want to yeah. do more stuff with this account or with this human. Um, but they posted this wonderful like sort of slide-by-slide or frame-by-frame of like relationship ending does not equal relationship failing. And the reason I wanted to talk about it today was because I had you know, this big sort of conversation with my partners on Monday or Tuesday about how like... I was, you know, I was feeling, have you ever heard, have I told you about the word wibbles? No. (laughs) So, wibbles. You throw a lot of vocab at me, though. Okay. So, wibbles is a term um, in, like, I can't remember if it's specifically non-monogamous or polyamorous relationships. That means, like, I'm having a moment of insecurity. I'm having a moment of, like, something's going on. I'm feeling anxious, nervous, this, this, this. Um, so it's like a really cool code word to be like, I'm having wibbles. We have to talk about it. Please. I like that. Wibbles. Wibbles. 911. Um, and so we were having a conversation about like redefining, um, not necessarily like the rules in our relationship, but like the yes, no's and maybe it's like, we can do this and we can do that and we can do this. And I had this like in the moment, this wibble of like, whoa, I, have I been, passive in what I need in this relationship because 
in the back of my head, I think it's going to fail. Like, right. they were together, they were together for so long until before I came into the picture, they're going to be together even after I leave the picture, which isn't necessarily, like, the case, right. but... but I get that. There's no point right? in you, like, maybe investing in, like, what you actually right. want. You're just going with the flow. You're hanging out because you know it's not permanent. Exactly. And that mm. was my little intrusive thought saying, no matter what, this relationship is going to end and it's going to fail. And, like, mm. me not being able to do it means that I failed at yet another type of relationship. Like I can't do monogamy, can't do non-monogamy, you know? And so this like weird little intrusive thought kept circling my brain of like, yeah, I don't care either way. And then I was like, wait, but I I do. And I'm allowed to because I'm a part of this relationship. But then it led me to be like, oh, I wonder. Or then Zach had this um, brilliant sort of like internal monologue about how all relationships prior to whatever relationship you might be in set you up for success in your current relationships. And I was like, do I think that that's true? Do I believe that? And then I saw this post and I was like, it's meant to be. We got to talk about it. Yeah, it is meant to be. We got to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. Because I mean, before we dive into it, yeah, I I do believe that, that every relationship prior or every like experience prior. Mm. So I think part of the reason why I was hired with the fire department at such a young age with so little experience was because I had a ton of life experience from yes. travels or and all these experiences traumas. who I am today. Traumas mm-hmm. as well. Everything. I I love my childhood, even though it sucked in at some times because it made me who I am today. Mm. So um, but yeah, let's dive into this. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think that that's interesting to hear you say that too, because I I so often and I, I wonder if it's like different socializations of like woman presenting or man presenting people mm-hmm. in this world that like if like to me if a relationship doesn't work and it doesn't get to forever like I have this romanticized idea in my brain that like it's a failure or that I'm a failure or that gotcha. I can't necessarily like you know lock it down or whatever like all of all of my friends now most of my friends now are in are married are in serious long-term relationships are hello Hello, it's you. (laughs) Have settled down and are settling down. And of course, this little like thing in the back of my brain is like, Kaylee, you're going to be 26. (laughs) What what are you you doing? What are your prospects? And it's like, no, I don't have any internal clock. Like, I don't care about my internal uterus clock. I don't care really about anything else. But for some reason, that like creeps into my brain, that little socialization of like, you're not in a relationship. You're failing. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to like, because I'm obviously married. <laughs> I, what knew was I... Gonna, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm just saying like, what was I thinking before I got married? Like, right? where was I at kind of like on that? I, I did have like the, but... the social timeline kind mm. of like, okay, we've been together for like four or five years. Like it's probably time because we kind of talked about it. And we talked about it today, actually. Like, right. We kind of just looked at each other and we're like, I mean, why not get married now? Mm. You want to wait 10 years? Like, if we don't like each other in 10 years, we break up mm-hmm. and get or get divorced. Like, I mean, it's not, like, life or death. Like, why wait? We want to get married. Why wait? And, like, so. that's something so interesting, too, is because I remember how much backlash you all got for yeah. everyone thinking that you were getting married too young or yeah, why, yeah. why rush? Like, it's fine. But now yeah. it's, like, uh, there's so many layers to this. Like, the fact no, that No, there is. This... And all those people, <laughs> most of those people were... On their on their third marriage mm-hmm. or second marriage, and mm-hmm. they kind of rushed there for. We're not rushing our first one. Yeah, they were a forced to get married by grandparents because they got pregnant, or b like we're just yeah. too like too young. We're like a mature young. Mm-hmm. Like we're like making career moves, house moves. Like we're not mm-hmm. like like oh my god, we're madly in love. It's like no, we've like worked through shit. Like we've yeah, tra- like traveling together is the biggest like test. I would say. Oh, no, absolutely. And like our last episode, navigating crisis together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many pieces that you learn in a relationship. And I think, you know, marriage or the idea of marriage or choosing marriage could be a whole other episode in itself because I I don't know if like, I don't know if I ever want to get married. I don't know. Like if like right now in that point in my life, that's a a prospect for me. Like, of course, I was a young woman raised in this world and have fantasized about a wedding have like thought Mm -hmm. about being married but then i'm like do i actually want to be married or do i just want to have a wedding like what is the you know why do i have this yeah so anyways but i i think um i want to talk a little bit more too about you know getting back to the topic and 
how it's related to trauma. And I, I think like so many of my past relationships, I have been the decider in ending the relationship. Gotcha. There is yeah, yeah. one relationship where I was dumped so mm. hard. I'm sure you remember. And I think so. yeah, God, like I have never felt like more of a failure. I have never yeah. felt like more of a someone who just was like, like brushed off or like nope like dumped. not not for me i got fucking dumped and <laughs> yeah. i've always been the dumpy never the dumped and like i, I, mean, just, I could I, definitely see you feeling more of a failure being dumped rather than right because that, that was like my first i was like yeah all the relationships up to this point yeah besides one i was like yeah no they've they've been my choice so yeah they've mm-hmm. been a success so yeah yeah and i think it's so interesting too that i think so much of this idea of relationships ending means that that relationship failed lives in trauma, you know, like, like people think like it didn't work because X, Y, and Z, but like, why does that equate failure? You know, but I I think, I think it does and it makes sense. So I want to read more of this post. Um, So one of the first, one of the first like slides in the post or frames, not slides, says uh, breakups or breakups are a normal healthy part of being a relational person um the average american experiences at least four breakups during their lifespan and i believe this data is skewed low because it includes hyper religious context in which people tend to marry young it's pretty interesting Mm, that is interesting often the alternative of breaking up is much worse For example, staying in an unhealthy relationship to avoid breaking up, staying because you don't want to be a bad person, or staying only because you're worried that you won't find love again. I like that one. The saying if you won't Mm. find love again. I really thought in my relationship with Kayla, when I when I knew I had the I knew I was fucked up. Mm -hmm. But when I knew I had the capacity to change was Mm. when she asked me a question, Why why do you love me? And I, I I I had a thought like, okay, this is my chance to be abusive and to be controlling and to trick mm. her into thinking she has to do whatever I say because no one else is going to love her the way I do or Whoa. tell her what do you mean you're so lovable anybody would be lucky to love you like mm. and I, I chose that one and that was when I knew that I had the capacity to be better than my parents and to break mm. that trauma cycle but yeah that was that was I think I, <laughs> yeah that was gnarly <laughs> yeah sorry Okay. (laughs) I I did. I had. I made that thought, that decision. No, that's. I mean, I think that's amazing. I think I. I have not had the capacity to be able to make a decision like that. I think like some things that I tend to do in relationships related to to this is like I. I'm no. My number one strength is woo. I love winning others over. I love giving other Mm. people what they think that they need. And so I'm very good at being like, I'll give you the version of me that makes sense for you yes, until a chameleon. Absolutely. Until uh, six months, a year later, actually all the things that you <laughs> liked about me are now changing and yeah. all the things that I didn't say that I hated about you, I now absolutely despise. Yes. And I did that in my last relationship. I did that in my college relationships for sure. Um, just being like adaptable so that I can be sure that I am loved. And like, that's, that's really, really hard. And like the, the breakup that absolutely destroyed me where I got dumped, this person, you know, over brunch said, I actually don't love you anymore. And I have no interest in trying to like find love again. And I'd like to end our relationship. And I was like, um, that blew up all my strategies. Yeah. (laughs) That blew up my whole perspective of like, okay, not even if I'm this person or not even if I'm that person, but yeah, like yeah. in all reality, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because if I stayed with that person, I would have probably ended up like barefoot and pregnant in a brewery. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In Oregon, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. You might've dodged a bullet on that one. I think so. I think so. Are you ready now for the where next you one? At, Yeah, oh. I'm kind of ready, but I do want to talk to you about like mm. what you had brought up about being loved like do you think it's because Mm. maybe you don't like love yourself as much as you need to so you need to fill it with someone else and you're willing to change who you are so this was actually like if it's rooted in trauma if it's rooted in trauma where 
where is that trauma coming from? 100% rooted in trauma. Um, and that it was actually the second part of the conversation that my therapist and I had on Wednesday. Like we spent most of it talking to younger me. And then gotcha. the second part I spent talking to them about this exact intrusive thought that I had when my partners and I were talking on Monday. Mm, I was like, I okay, had this cool. intrusive thought about my like passiveness in this relationship. And we narrowed it down to like this core, what is it called? A negative core belief. I think we've talked about negative yeah, core beliefs before. Yeah, I think before. so. Yeah, narrowed it down to this negative core belief that, like, I, whether I actively think about it or not, truly don't feel that I can be loved by others. And Mm -hmm. that is something that is rooted for sure in trauma because I never felt that way with my parents. And so much of my young life was spent giving to my mom and my dad what they needed, the version of me, right, that made sense. Yeah. Like, it all goes back to trauma. Uh-huh. The version of me that made sense for them to survive. So it all was determined, like, by survival. And so um, they loved me because I gave them something. They loved me because I helped them stay alive. They loved me because I was good at things, but, like, yes. not because of who I was. And so now I go into these relationships, like, I'll show them that I'm good at things. I'll show them that I can do things for them. I'm, I'll show them that it makes sense to love me because I'm stable and this and this and this. And then when it comes down to it, it's like, but they won't really love me because I can't give my full version of myself. So right. it's both protective and pro it's like a smoke screen. Like uh-huh. it is protect, yeah, yeah, like yeah. protective and proactive at the same time. That makes but, sense. I, yeah. I, I remember having like similar feelings because I grew up also in a household where like, love was conditional so I had to earn it and it was so easily taken away so in like my relationships going forward mainly with Kayla like it was any fight I thought we were done she was over it and we just would go on and on all night to figure it out because there's no way I could go to bed thinking we're gonna Mm. break up the next day like that so I my goal was to get to a point where like I felt the unconditional love like Mm. I didn't I didn't know it was a thing because it wasn't like the people who were supposed to love us unconditionally didn't. And it's like, well, then why would anybody else? It doesn't make yes, sense. that's exactly it. And I wonder, oh, that's such a good point, Nick. And I wonder for you, did choosing to get married or marriage have a, like, did that play a part? Kind of that? like this is, it's, I'm, I'm just trying to make it way harder for her to leave me. <laughs> um no she i wondered uh, yeah, if that was the case yeah i mean part of it part of it yeah i'm a yeah. little bit more relaxed after we got married about like if we have a fight like she's not gonna dump oh, she, she has to divorce me now she's not gonna divorce she can't me. just she's, dump you yeah does she how much does she like the house we bought together because we're gonna have to sell it if we get divorced, yeah. you know so there is a little bit more like the more yep. you invest with each other, the more it it's harder to leave each other. Now we have two, like a puppy and a kitten. It's like, well, now, you know, it's just. And then more and more we, layers and layers and layers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets harder and harder. Luckily, we've we've kept our friendship, like, amazing. And mm. that'll, that'll hopefully carry us throughout stuff. But yeah, no, the you both marriage, are friends for sure. The marriage part of it was definitely like this. The ideology of like being bonded forever mm. was very soothing mm. to me. But I think that's why we were where we worked out so well. Like no matter what came our way, she was just as much like we are not breaking up. Like we're gonna mm. get through this. Like breaking up was like the last possible option, if not even an option. Yeah. For wow. her. For her. Every time we had a fight, breaking up popped in my head. Right. But, no, I can relate to that. I I mean I can relate yeah. to that so heavy. Anytime there was any sort of qualm or like yeah anything like that in a relationship i'd be like so we're done like we're over right yeah. like this is no not... exactly yeah and i felt I like wonder... I, I countered i i said two separate things but I, I meant like i thought we were gonna break up every time we had a fight yeah she was the ride or die like no we're good like what's yep. wrong like, we're good and i often i often have asked partners in the past to be like in the beginning of a fight i need you to tell me i still love you i do not want to break up however you pissed me the fuck off and uh-huh. did X, Y, and I'd be like, all right, cool, let's fight. As long as I yeah. know you still love me and as long as I know we will not yeah. be breaking up, let's fucking duke it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, no, absolutely. Because how are you supposed to, you can't like get to the problem. Exactly. If you're, if you're worried about something else, which sometimes it still happens. Like, hey, you you triggered me in this conversation. Like, in, yeah. and you, you, this is the 20th time you've hit that trigger. Like, you know it's there. Mm. I want Oof. to give you what you need. But now I have to go and cave for three days because you triggered me. So can Let's, you deliver that message better? 
Let's save that because it's part of my deep cut and hard truth. Ooh. Okay, okay. I want to read some more of the slides. Yeah. So the next ones, um, oh, this is good. Breakups that you regret are still not failures. Did you mm. learn something about yourself, what you want, what you don't want? Does your yeah. regret does your regret point you towards new growth? That's fucking cool. Is your grief leading you to look at parts of yourself that you've previously avoided? Huh. <laughs> Last one's interesting. I think absolutely. Like grieving a relationship makes me look at so many different things that I never want to look at. Like I think um, when I'm in a relationship, I I don't have to, or at least my what I've seen as part of my patterns is like, if I'm in a relationship, that is another layer for me to talk about. That's not necessarily about me. Like, oh, how is your partner? How's your person? I could be like, oh, they're this, this, and this. Whereas, like, if I'm, if it's just me, I'm like, it's, it's just me, and this is how I'm doing, and this is what's going on, and this is, you know, what's up with me, and um, gotcha. I think that part is hard. I also think, like, when there's not another, I don't know. I want to stop there. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know where you're going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks. I was just watching you. Sorry. Hey. Um, I think the last part, is your grief leading you towards parts of yourself you previously avoided? No. I don't Whoa, think so. Whoa, really? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay, I mean, tell like, me more. Well, now I've got a, I was heading towards stuff I was trying to avoid while I was in a secure relationship and I felt loved by my partner. So I had the confidence that I've never had before because the parents who were supposed to support me said, uh-huh. go fuck yourself. Uh-huh. But now that I have that base layer, it's not what it should be and I'm going to forever be fucked up. But I have enough strength to look inward, to dive down uh. deep, to dig through those scars that I've, I've covered up with years of alcohol abuse and whatever. Like now I've got to dig all that up and I'm going to, it's going to tear me up and now I'm going to have to go introvert. I can't go meet someone new, but mm. I want to be in a relationship. So it, I think a lot of my success is due to Kayla being so supportive. It allowed me to be so vulnerable that I'm not sure mm. I would have done if I didn't have someone having my back. What do you think? I I see your perspective and I think it makes sense for you and for your journey and how important I mean, obviously, it's it's so important to both of us to experience love in one way or another, right? Yeah, yeah, like that's yeah, a baseline yeah. for sure to rebuild or, like, um, create those new pathways in our brain that say that we can mm-hmm. be loved and that we're lovable and all of those things. And I think... He, I'm lovable. Hey, it's me. <laughs> <Love> <laughs> um, and I, and I, think, I think that in a relationship, it is very easy for me to say, I'm good. Yes, yes. That's such a great point. I'm like, I don't need to do any more work. I'm cool. Yeah. I did it. I've made it I th- here. I think Someone that's loves totally me. normal. Mm-hmm. I think you are so part of the mean of mm-hmm. everybody in a relationship because yeah. I feel like mine was a little bit like, I was like, let's see how far I can push myself. Let's just mm-hmm. keep going. And I tried to get all the way down. Like there was a point, like I woke up in the middle. Well, so I was, I was having a dream because part of my counseling was dream work. And yeah. I got, so, the, we were just going down deeper and deeper and deeper. We have to take breaks. Like, okay, we're too deep. We're too deep. Like, okay, Whoa. let's go. And then one night on vacation, Kayla wakes me up. Cause I'm, I'm bawling in my dream. I'm crying, but in real life, I'm also crying. So Damn. she's like trying to wake me up. I finally wake up and I cry for two hours after that. I had to leave the room, go in the bathroom. And I just, wow. I just cried for two more. I couldn't stop crying. Mm. So after analysis of the dream, my counselor was like that, that was it. That was the, that deep, that deep point that we would try mm. to get to. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It took a lot. And a lot of support from your partner. A lot of support. A yeah. lot of support. Yeah. Damn. Like how could you like if someone can love me at that weakest point, mm. we're gonna we're gonna kill it. We're gonna be together. <laughs> you know. No. Yeah. I mean I've definitely I have definitely also had partners who have showed up for me at my weakest point. But it's interesting that I use the word showed up and not loved, you know? Mm. Yeah. Like it's so deep in my brain. I can't believe I just said that. I didn't I didn't yeah, say I've right. had partners who have loved me at my weakest. I've said I've had partners who show up for me at my weakest. Yeah. They're present. But I don't, <laughs> yeah. No, they loved you at that point. Like, I think that's the other thing too. People can like change their minds. I mean. Yeah. Oh, that, what another great episode, like changing your mind about love, you know? Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Know, moving I on, moving on. These down. I know. Seriously. Okay. There's a few more. 
Um, oh, this one hurts me. Getting broken up with is not a failure. What? Yeah, I mean, that is confusing. Uh, you have just learned an important but hard truth. This person uh, very likely isn't your person. Uh, this isn't a moral failure. Whoa, that's good. This yeah. doesn't mean something permanent about you or your lovability. Breakups happen to almost everyone, and they were bound to happen to you. Yeah, I mean, I I cannot <clears throat> easily I disagree <laughs> with every single part of that. You just learned an important truth. Like, yeah, you fucked up. Okay, this person very likely isn't your person. Okay, yeah, this isn't a moral failure. Well, it might be. I mean, if you what? if you did if you did something amoral and you like that's true. You cheated on your spouse. And then got broken up with. Yeah, or you killed someone and they're like, yeah, I probably don't want to date a murderer. Like, that might be a moral failure. Uh, This doesn't mean something permanent about you. Well, I mean, yeah, it could. You might be a lazy piece of shit. Nick! (laughs) Well, I mean, and the breakups happen to almost everybody. Yeah, that's true. Remember when I just said getting broken up with was the hardest thing that ever happened to me? And now you're saying all these things? Thanks. It doesn't feel good. Okay. I I was just making conversation. Okay, I disagree with you. I think all of the all of these things are true. You're a glass like, half full, though. I am. I'm a serial optimist. I'm a pessimist. Uh, um. Okay, I want to understand more about this. Isn't a moral failure? So I hear you mm-hmm. saying like, yes, you've lied, cheated, stole, whatever. Yeah. But in any of those cases, so like for my case, for example, was the time that I got broken up with a moral failure? I don't think so. No, absolutely not. I think that I would. I also read in that as like it's not a core foundation failure. There's nothing wrong with you. Uh, There's nothing wrong with anybody in this in this example. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. your the your core characteristics weren't the the problem. Mm. Um. But that's not th- always true for everyone, is what you're but saying. But it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. I mean, that's true. I agree. I agree with that. That's, what was the last one? I thought I had something else to say. Oh, yeah. Go backing up a second. Uh, did you learn something about yourself or what? What you want? So since I'm, oh, oh, I'm, oh. I'm married. Yeah, I went backwards. Um, Nick, I was if you say at... that one more time, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Oh, I'm married. I'm married. Everyone, did you flash um, your ring? Maybe. <laughs> um, I've been thinking about this with like friends. And you use the word show up. Mm. And I want my friends to show up. Like when I call upon them for help, I expect them <laughs> to show up. And if they don't come, hmm, now I've got to rethink about you because that's not, you're not in my, in, like you're not in my inner circle if you can't show up for me. Fuck's the point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's how I feel love. Mm. Is, by, is they have my back no matter what. Like maybe well, we don't talk for a month or something, but hey, do I need you? Like, yep, yeah. I'll be right there. What are your love languages? Touch, quality mine? time. Mm-hmm. And mine are acts of service now. Ah, so, so which makes sense. Showing up is absolutely an act of service. Is absolutely sure. an act of service. So yeah. yeah, as my like inner idea of myself changes, I I've noticed all my outer stuff changes, and you have to communicate that with people. Mm. I can't just start getting mad at people because they're not loving me the way I want to be loved. You right. have to communicate with people. Yeah, and I I did right. I showed a. I talked to you about how I thanked Jake. For yes. saying something nice and how it was yes. a little awkward for me to be like, yes. another man made me feel good, but I should tell him. Otherwise, yes. he has no idea. So That that's what you want more of or that that's yes. what meant something to you for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, we can we can go back. To okay. <laughs> I think we only have a few more, but I'm loving this conversation. I like this, I, this setup for our show, actually. It's cool. It's really good. Um, I don't know how I feel about this one. If you'd never experienced this breakup, you'd still be with the first person you ever dated. Uh, P.S. Some people are, and that can be beautiful too. <laughs> P.S. The first guy I dated is also gay now, and I'm very happy for us both. <laughs> uh, I like I that a lot. Lady. I know. <laughs> We've got to ask them to come on the show one of these days. But yeah. um, I kind I of agree with that a little bit. You do? I do. I think if like my the first girl I fell in love with didn't break up with me, I think I'd still be with her. And the scary thing is, is she the relationship I saw her get into? She was like crazy abusive. 
Mm. And me, I might have thought that that was normal because of the abusive relationship I saw. I might be yeah. in like a super abusive relationship right now if I stayed. And I might have never gotten work because there's no need. I'm that we're perfect for each other, like you know. So yes, yes. I mean now that I. <laughs> Who was your first? I was just going to say, I think about the first person I ever dated, Lance Jackson. I know, Gretchen, if you're listening, (laughs) (laughs) I know that you think there's still hope, but you know, (laughs) I think if I stayed with Lance Jackson, yeah, where would my life be? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think all of these choices, oh my gosh, I actually wanted to share with you. It's a really quick side tangent, I promise, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm reading a new book right now. So any listeners, if you're looking for a new book, 10 out of 10, recommend this one. It's called The Midnight Library. Um, Mm. Have you ever heard of it? No. It's about this person, basically in the first 25 pages, she, should I say it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She killed herself in the first, like, 25 pages. And she goes to this place in between life and death. Um, I should have administered a trigger warning. I apologize. No, Um, And she goes to this place between life and death, and it's called the Midnight Library. And in the Midnight Library, you get to pick a book. And each book is a form or a version of your life if you would have made one different choice or two different choices. Right? And so this book is all these different chapters of these this these different lives that this person could have lived if she would have made different choices throughout her life. And the whole premise of the book is like, if you find a life that's better, you get to stay in it. Whoa. Isn't that gnarly? And after she, right. So I 10 out of 10 would recommend it. I think you would really like it, but it reminds me of the midnight library. Like I, I often say now, like would I pick that book. Like, would I, would I pick that yeah. Lance Jackson book? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if yeah. I would. Or would I pick a different book? Like, I, it's just, it's so interesting to think about the different versions of your life that could have, but I don't know. I always, I, I, the advice that I give to students that I work with is like, you can't fantasize or romanticize what could have been because you truly can never know. Like, I yeah. could have gone to a different graduate school I could have gone to a different state to work I could have gone to a different institution like I could have done a hundred different things with my career path with my education with my relationships with my friendships but like can I ever really say that one would have been better than the other no yeah no but it is very very fun to ponder about yeah right but like I still get scared about the decision I made for my first career choice the fire mm. like oh my god like so scary I could have gone down that road right you wouldn't pick that book would you Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, you should read it. I, I don't know if you have, obviously you don't have time to read your getting a degree, but if you have time to listen to an audiobook, I would recommend it. Yeah. I'm getting a, a teaching credential and a master's degree. <laughs> Not a fucking AA. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, you're in school right now. Stop. Yeah. Big shade being thrown everywhere this episode. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I know. Moving on. This next one's kind of long. Uh, so this is the last one, I think, or there's oh. one more. There's one more after this. Um, so I guess the, the the part I want to read is like breakups have always initiated periods of massive self growth. Mm. Um, and then it, for this person, they say like these are what my breakups have done for me that have initiated these like periods of self growth. Um, I would agree that a lot of my relationships ending have led me to also come out as queer. Like if I wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have broken up with or not dated the people that I dated in like between college and grad school, I would have never yeah. had my like experiences that I had. And so grateful for that. Um, yeah. Help me embrace this is good my... for like the person who's like maybe afraid to find love or something, you know, afraid to go out there, like just do it. Cause you're going to like just find a better version of yourself. I feel like is a little summary of this. Right. I, I mean, I can tell you that all of these things I have done led me to come yeah. out as queer, helped me to embrace my body hair Brought me to a better understanding of my boundaries. Caused Wait, me to I don't understand. Help me embrace my body hair. Like your pubic hair? Any body hair. Like, I think, um, I'll explain, I, I guess, my perspective, if that is what you are looking for. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> God, so, yeah, I just broke up, but my hair is amazing. Um, I don't get it. Yes. Have you ever, you've never heard of breakup hair? I have breakup hair right now. I guess I've heard of like people changing their hairstyle. Mm-hmm. That's what it means. Okay, I thought it meant like well, I don't have to shave my pubes anymore. Or... It, it, yeah, it can be that too. Like okay, like I I think it can be all of those things because traditionally I think for women they have a very 
women at least I feel have an oppressed version of their body hair like having hair on women is supposed to be like gross or weird or Mm. like yucky um and especially in like I think certain intimate relationships the way that you have your hair can impact your partner or like you want to do something that appeases your partner whether it be the hair on your head your armpits your pubic hair whatever um, but when you're not appeasing somebody else and like presenting your body in a certain way to them, you could ever, you could do whatever the fuck you want. I think you could always do whatever the fuck you want with your body. But mm-hmm. if like I have a partner that's like, I actually don't really like your hair. I'd be like, Oh, maybe I'll change it. Like, I don't know. You know, you, you try, but, um, mm-hmm. my armpit hair is really long right now. My pubic hair is really long right now. My leg hair is really long right now. Who fucking cares? Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Send it. Anyways, that makes more sense to you. It does make more sense to me. I've Great. actually been letting my, um, I don't put on deodorant on my days off anymore. Great. Um, or sometimes before I go to work, since I work at night now, I'll uh-huh. just like let my pits breathe because I, cool. the, the antiperspirant wasn't working as well. Uh-huh. So I kind of had to let my body reset, go back to normal. Cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Homeostasis and whatnot. <laughs> you feel good about contributing to that part of the conversation? Yeah, I do. I wanted okay. to chime in. Okay. Um, brought me to a better understanding of my boundaries, caused me to seek out better mm. therapists for mm. sure. Um, yeah. giving me creative energy. Definitely. No. Oh, I get depressed. I mean, mm. I don't want to do anything creative. That's crazy. After mm. my, my creative, my creative brain shuts down. Huh. I have After to be my... like in tip top <laughs> mental health from, to be creative. Like interesting. Yeah. Whoa, I disagree completely with my... But maybe that's why I'm trying to be a science teacher, so I don't have to yeah. even use my creative brain for, like, my work. Yes, you just want to be objective all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think after my last breakup, I've gotten two new tattoos, changed my hair, got changed yeah. my apartment around a bunch of different times. Been um, killing it with the podcast, too. Killing it with the podcast stuff. You're like editing. Really doing creative shit, so... Yeah. Um, that's cool. I never really thought that that would happen Mm -hmm. that that would be correlated so that's cool yeah given me freedom from a toxic relationship with alcohol absolutely Mm. absolutely 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 i disagree really fuck me or you're showing your wedding ring no i was flipping flipping off (laughs) sorry my fingers are a little stubby ah (coughs) why why you uh, you went on a drinking bender after your breakup Mm -hmm. each weekend but not that that's a toxic behavior, but I'm just saying, uh-huh. I don't think that's, you're still drinking alcohol after a breakup in excess. Yeah. Well, I would say, interesting that you say in excess. <laughs> no, though, but those are I your think... words. Like, I've been on a drinking bender. I've yeah, been yeah, yeah. so drunk. Fuck I'm yeah. so hungover. I'm just like, yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Bye, 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 All bye, of those bye, things bye. are true. But I think that, that like, I think... I perceived it differently as like a, a toxic relationship with alcohol versus a like going out and drinking on the weekends to like party and meet people bender because I mean in my last relationship that person and I were drinking like two to three drinks a day at gotcha. home alone by ourselves gotcha. for no reason other than just to consume alcohol and like I'm trying to like free myself from that idea that I have to do that or that I would want to do that every day. You want to be the social one. Instead, being the social drinker that's like, I'm out, we're doing fun things, I'm meeting people, this is great. Yes, I do. I go on weekend benders or whatever. Like, fuck yeah, it's so fun. But not the like, I'm at home alone with my partner. Yeah, or not not like waking up sad so you have something to drink to make yourself feel better. Gotcha. Yep, yep. That makes sense. You're okay with that answer? I'm okay. I'll I'll, allow (laughs) it. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> felt a lot of judgment from you there in a <laughs> no for a there was second. no judgment at okay. all i was just trying to point out the fact <laughs> <sighs> the last one increased bonding with my friends and cats i have no cats so i will add increased bonding with my friends and dog yes dog. Yeah, absolutely you <laughs> yeah you and millie got close definitely definitely um yeah, awesome. yes so that was the last one i think um do you have anything else you want to add about any of our our little slides or our topics? No. Uh-uh. That was good. I want to thank Queer Sex Therapy. Thank you for that post. It started such a great conversation between Nick and I, and I'm looking yeah, forward really to fun. yeah continuing to work with that person. 
Yeah, I'd like to do that kind of setup again. That was cool. Hell yeah. Well, don't worry. I'm about to bring more of it in, too. <laughs> yeah, your deep cut and hard truth? Uh-huh. Let me hear it. All right. The deep cut and hard truth comes from another post um, sent to me by one of my partners um, from a person named Damina Franco. Um, and it's in all pink bold letters. And it says, things that you actually don't need from your partner. Mm. Um, the first one is you don't need to be validated all the time by your partner. Okay. The second one, you don't need a partner's love and admiration a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. You don't need unconditional love from your partner in order to feel safe. Uh, what do you think? I will. Me, we could talk me, about. It. We could talk about it. You can keep okay. going. Okay. Um. You don't need to solve conflicts all the time or at the same time, I think. Agreed. Yeah. I have a really mm-hmm. hard time doing that, but agreed. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have the same interests or hobbies. Yeah, Definitely yeah, agree. I agree. I wish, you know, I like having one or two, but you yes. don't need, you don't want it to be all. You want your own right. time. Right, yeah. Um. You don't need your partner to want to spend every waking moment with you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> An hour at most. You don't don't need, uh, from coming from the married man, you don't need your partner to process and communicate their emotional experiences in the same way as you in order to fully understand each other or have a satisfying relationship. Well, from an educator's point of view, no. Uh. Like, if you want me to understand in the same way you're feeling, like to fully empathize with you, you're going to have to tell me in a way that I understand. Mm. I want I want to understand. Right. But, but I, you, uh, mm. I can't get there. But you can have those communications and like compromise on how you get there, right? Like mm-hmm. you can give yeah. some, they can give some. I think so. Like okay. it, but it's still like, because I'm stuck in that educator, like right. teaching kids the way they need to be taught. So there's like a difference between students. like, mm-hmm. like if we're both arguing, we can both meet in the middle or we can mm. compromise or i can t- apologize to her the way she wants me to apologize and vice versa but if she's like nick i'm really upset because of mm. this well, you're you're gonna i feel like need to say it in a certain way for me to like i said don't trigger me before you let me know what's going on because i want to be there for you mm-hmm. but if you trigger me then i now have to be there for myself because i come first mm. then you come you know so i don't know that one's a little i got too many educator caps on yeah. I can't get out of it. <laughs> okay. You don't need your partner to be motivated professionally in the same way that you are. What do you think? That one's hard for me because it contributed so much to my last relationship yeah, ending. I know. But I think I that wasn't necessarily like the narrative. I think that I agree. I don't need my partner to be motivated in the same way professionally as me. Um, But what I do need is to have equity. I do need to be able to still Uh have someone that I can, like, like profession in this world so much equals worth. And that is not, like, the sort of relationship that I want to perpetuate. Like, I don't want someone's profession to be their only, like, source of worthiness. But I do think that, um, like... There's no need for anyone to have like a career for me to like them or want to. Yeah, be in a you don't need someone them. to also be trying no. to be, you know, get it, get their doctorates. You just want no. someone to have like some sort of drive. Yes, I think there's a difference between being motivated professionally and like being in a in a different professional space and having drive. Like if someone yeah. was like super fucking passionate about a hobby or an interest or being a parent or like all of those things to me communicate drive and i think that's sexy mm-hmm. and like great in a, in a partnership so cool yeah i agree yeah. with that yeah okay i think there's only a few more <gasps> you don't need to have sex every day hmm. <laughs> you don't need to have the same kinks or fetishes and yeah, you don't need agree. to have the same level of libido yeah yeah you know you don't need okay. any of that okay. stuff i think you should uh our counselor recommended sex a sex schedule. I'm not sure if I've told you. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah. We haven't made it yet, but like if I like and then those days you you do have to have sex those days. If you both agree to have sex those days and there's enough time, like it, that's when that's it has crazy. to happen because it's it's hard to to manage all of it as we yeah. continue. 
I feel that I would like to have sex every day, whether it's with myself or a partner. Yeah, you've got to like, like come every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I, think I agree with that. I also I agree. You don't. I don't feel like I have to have sex with my partner or partners every day, but I like to experience pleasure every day. Yeah. Sometimes I don't like want to have sex, but I want to experience yeah. pleasure. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that. Great. I get that. Okay, we're on the same page. I think just mm-hmm. one. Oh, that was it. That was the last one. Okay, let's go back to the one okay. I wanted to talk about. I can't even remember. Um. Oh, you don't need to. You don't need unconditional love in other in your relationship. In order, let me try that again. You don't need unconditional love in order to feel safe. Okay, that was that's a, just like a little too short. Like, mm-hmm. I want there's a little more bit to it. More. I can read you more. Oh, there is more. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, read me more. It says, you don't need unconditional love in order to feel safe. Adult love is a collaboration centralized around a conditional experience of satisfaction. Wow. Yeah, it just confused me worse, I think. <laughs> <laughs> can you try to explain it to me differently? Yes, I can explain it to you differently. Um, so basically, this is saying that like the idea of like satisfaction or pleasure in a relationship is conditional certain things in relationships satisfy you certain things don't Mm -hmm. you give and you take certain things to be able to feel or experience a good relationship and that sometimes that sort of unconditional love or safety can be given or taken and like that should still be a part of the collaboration of a like a satisfactory relationship gotcha but it's still there's still unconditional love yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, mean, I think we have mentioned this. Like, there is conditions. Like, you mm-hmm. can't cheat on me. That's right. not part of this. So, like, yes, yes I, uh, then yes, I agree with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it didn't make any sense at first. That's okay. I'm glad I could explain it to you. I like explaining Thank you. things. That was uh, good. Do you have anything else you want to add? <laughs> no, I loved I loved this episode. It was so good. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, love you, Nick. Love you, too. Follow us at Trauma Drama Podcast on Instagram and TikTok to see show updates, video highlights, and much more. And DM us for topic suggestions, corrections, worries, concerns, love, and hate. Please follow or subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast or watch our social media videos. We upload episodes every Monday and Friday. Tune in for more.